and enlightening conversation. Just the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine from California, and they said something that struck my spirit. It wasn't necessarily profound, but it was incredibly insightful and pragmatic, meaning that the statement gave me a new way to understand what it meant to care for my neighbor. My friend was telling me about their friend who needed God to move in their life. They were in some kind of issue and problem, and they needed God to do something. Their friend said to him, I'm praying God understands or sees my situation and moves on my behalf. My friend said to their friend, God sees you because I see you. You're going to be all right. When they said it, I thought, wow, wow, that's it. God sees you because I see you. Whenever we think about what God calls us to do, it begins with seeing people the way God sees them. He uses us to help one another. So often we pray and ask God to fix, bring, release, deliver, or turn around a given situation. And God sends somebody with the answer to our dilemma. What the statement implies is that God sees you because he's going to use me to help you out of your situation. And I'm helping you on his behalf. My resource is your resource. What I have is yours to use. If I can make a difference in your life for Christ's sake, then that is exactly what I'm going to do. In many instances, we are stagnated by our desire to learn the deep things of God without motivation. We read, study, go to seminars, all to know God more. However, the reason Christ came was to be a practical everyday blessing to the lives of a fallen creation. Everything we gain in association with Christ comes from the fact that he saw our need and rushed to our aid. The deep things we know about God, the intimate exchanges we have with God, the life-altering experiences we had because of God, all came from God meeting our need through his resource. Without the name of Jesus and the sufficiency of his presence in creation, our lives would be empty. It is because he came that we are what we are in any sort. John Maxwell says, we are educated well above our level of obedience, meaning we know a lot, but we don't do much. Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, as you know, this is the scripture we use to establish what we call the golden rule. If you read the text properly, you can't miss the blessing associated with it. There is something in it for everybody. Here it is in a nutshell. You want something, give something. And in giving something, you get something. And if you want to understand the deep things of God, this principal text encapsulates it all. Jesus says, the law and the prophets or the prophetic voice of God hangs on how we see and live out this mandate. I know, I, I know, I know it seems too simple, but it must be true because it came out of the mouth of Jesus. So then to see someone as my friend stated it is to see them as an opportunity to share the love of God in a tangible way and not just an esoteric, vague kind of way. The implication is to bless them in a way that cannot be missed. It means to bless intentionally. And here's the thing. The person you bless 
they may or may not say thank you or hear puppy dog or anything kind in your direction. As a matter of fact, they may even be hostile and wonder why you didn't do more, but that's okay. You are living out the principle in your life, knowing that God is watching and will smile because you are being faithful to the call to make a difference in the world. In the midst of this thing we call life, we need to know that someone genuinely sees our condition and wants to do something to alleviate the stress we encounter. The principle is not hard to understand, but it can be difficult to do. Not because the act is hard, but because we have to get over our issues to do it. Sometimes we get lost in our heads about this, that, and the other, and then we justify not doing what we know is right. Not because we're awful people, but because it's easier to do nothing than to do something. Acting responsibly to the condition of people, y'all, is more about doing something than not doing anything. You would be surprised how much different the world would be if we would just do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Remember, hear me now. It is not the job of someone else to make you feel a particular way. It's up to you to start the way you want to feel and let it come back. The burden of happiness in your life is not someone else's problem. It is yours. Make every choice represent the life you want to experience. When you meet someone, look with the intent to be a blessing or make someone feel better or make some or meet some need in their life. When I heard my friends say what they did, it struck a chord in me. And here's why. I always realized the importance of being a blessing, but for some reason it registered different when I connected with the idea of God seeing them because I, you or some other person saw them. It became this intentional act on behalf of God to change their story for good. It wasn't just about what was being done as much as it was what was being done was being done by God through us. That made the act much more powerful and transformative. In other words, God was using me. Once again, I know this stuff. I know these things. I teach it. I preach it. But the phrase made it so much more real. And maybe it did for you as well. If people see people as God's creation, maybe the people we see would be more apt to hear the message God sends. Because according to Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. In meeting a need or sharing a kind word, we get the opportunity to see God at work in a life. And I get it. This may be too, you know, feel it touchy for some of you. But remember, y'all, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And the purpose of living for a believer is to be the hands, legs, and feet of Jesus in the world. Here's one more thing before I close this week's soul food. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 and 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. The traditional understanding of this text is that by doing good to your enemy, you get back at them for doing your wrong. And in the end, they'll be ashamed of what they've done and they will possibly no longer be a problem because they, be, they will be so humiliated by your kindness. But there's another way of looking at this text that is more in keeping with the entire biblical story. In Old Testament times, people kept their houses warm and cooked food with coals or hot embers. 
The implication of the text is that if your enemy needs to be kept warm or needs hot coals for food as a servant of God and them as a creation of God, you should meet their need and share your coals regardless of your personal issues with them. They would carry the coals on their head. And so, so what the text is saying is meet their needs irrespective of how you feel about them. In doing so, you respond like God and they come to know the love of God and the one whom God sends on his behalf. When we see the text in this light, it looks more like what Jesus said in the New Testament of tending to your enemy. But even more powerful than that, through our kindness of operating our lives by the golden rule, the person we are seeing, helping or tending gets to know what it feels like to be valued, recognized and cared for. The love of God is shed abroad in their hearts and everybody is better because of it. Now, what an enlightened way to look at the world. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.